Jadena. All right, I want to welcome Jadena to hey. In The Zone, man. Hey, it man. is a pleasure, pleasure. to have Come you. On, man. Yeah. I'm a fan. My daughters are big fans. Hey. I'm really getting points. You helping me as a father right now. <laughs> but father you know. cool points. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's a pleasure to be here, Chris. For real. I appreciate it. And yeah. I, I'm surprised, and maybe I stereotype, you know, because yeah. of your, your gear, which is fresh and all that. <laughs> but you're a big hoop fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So man. tell me about how, how big you into basketball. I mean, I've been hooping since I can remember, uh, since I was a child, man. I. I was always a point guard fan, you okay. know what I'm saying? I came up, came of age in the era of Iverson. So, so you're like, so you a yeah, shoot first point guard? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, honestly, I didn't even play. I tried to play like him, uh, and I became a pass first. Okay. But he was the one that kind of brought me out of my shell, you know? And also for the hip-hop generation, he was like the first dude to really dress like that. Yep. He was yep. a rebel. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I really, I, the game, changed my life, especially as somebody coming from Nigeria when I was a kid, coming to America, you know, I knew soccer, you know. We so were you football. born in, you were born in America? I was born in America, because okay. my, my dad was like, you gotta get, you gotta get that blue passport, yeah, for okay. sure. <laughs> uh, but then I grew up in Nigeria until I was about okay. six. Okay. Came over here, I was a soccer player, I was nice, you know. Really? But you know, some of my homies in school was like, you know, that ain't what we do over here, okay? We ball. So I took up ball pretty early, man. And um, I I really believed I was going to be a rapper, basketball player. So like, in the like, NBA? For real. Yeah, rapper, and rapper. NBA all the way and a rapper. I was like, yeah, I'm every, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, so I got into a school that was good at, great at both athletics and uh, academics, okay. which is Stanford. I go to school, and I'm like, I'm gonna walk on. My homie Tunde walked on. I was like, this is great. And I walk onto that court and walk right on. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it was just a certain dedication I could see in the players, you know, uh, that I, I thought I had. But I realized I was just a fan of the game more than, you, you can be yeah. on the sidelines and don't have to be on the court all the time. Yeah, but yeah. I love basketball to death. That's great, man. That's great. So when you went to Stanford, Stanford's obviously a great school. Yeah, yeah. Did you go there? Your intention was I'm a, I'm gonna be a rapper. Yeah, my intention always was I'm gonna be a rapper. Okay. You know, I I don't think you don't go to school for rap. That's what I like. I went to school because my parents were like, you know, this is this is what we do. You, Especially my dad's Nigerian. It's like y'all going to school? <laughs> what up by hook or by crook? <laughs> so you know, I had to go. It was it wasn't a choice and. I almost dropped out because I was listening to Kanye West at the time, and he was telling me to drop That's out right. of the music. I was like, I don't need this. Uh, but I'm glad I went, man. I'm really glad. I met some some amazing people there, uh, people that play in the league now, people that play in the WNBA. You know who was leaving was uh, Josh Childress. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I hooped with him um, and just all around like sports fanatics. Like Richard Sherman used to come over in my crib and play Madden. So he was, yeah, was yeah, he, he, he was, was there? there which, yeah, okay. yeah. I graduated okay. 08. Okay. Yeah, so Sherman would come and uh, and he was, yeah, he the way he played that game, he, he plays yeah, Madden play, the same way. Really? Yeah. So it was a beautiful school to go to, man. Um, uh, it, it's also just dope to see 
when you go to school like that, you see people just rise up in, in every mm -hmm. aspect of life, mm -hmm. all around entertainment for sure, uh, politics and whatnot. Um, but it was uh, it was cool. It was good. But it wasn't it wasn't the rap school that, that yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, I, you can't you can't really find that. So in my off time when I wasn't studying, I was making album after album after album, perfecting the craft. Well, now, so obviously you performed at school. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was yeah. my first start, okay. uh, first release. You know, early mm -hmm. iTunes. Um, I remember. You know, MySpace, using that yeah. to promote and whatnot. And um, that's where I met Janelle Monet, actually, was via MySpace. Okay. Uh, Janelle, of course, and Wonderland Records were the people that helped me create, or they created a platform really for me to go ahead and uh, do my thing on a larger scale. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, keep it basketball for a little while. Um, I've been asking a lot of people because there's a lot of talk right now about who's the GOAT. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of millennials want think it's LeBron. Here we go. All right, so who, who so who you got? The millennial, the, the M word. <laughs> you just brought the M word out. <laughs> nah, Forgive it's me. not. It, it, you know, I love LeBron, man. Mm -hmm. I've I've actually come to really enjoy this guy, like on and off the court. What he's 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 done, uh, what he represents. Mm -hmm. he, he is a champ. He has a champion spirit. But the goats, Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, when you have a guy like that, I remember this conversation that it was Elo talking about this. 1989, of course, epic, epic yeah, game. Yeah. But Elo talks about how Jordan would tell him, you know, I'm a, I'm a dribble, I'm a go, I'm a catch it on the left side, I'm a dribble to the left, and I'm a bust a fade away on you. He would tell you <laughs> what the move was before he he didn't. And I'm a, I'm a blunt, straight shooter kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I heard that about Jordan, I just I, I was like, that's I appreciated one. But two, that's just a certain magic and certain yes. confidence. And I don't think there's anybody that has surpassed him as as a well-rounded player. Is there anything, because I've said, like, if LeBron wins this year and next year, I think he could be the GOAT. LeBron, LeBron's you? on his way. Okay. So, yeah. So, so and, I know you brought the M word out. <laughs> so, I'll side with some of my generation in terms of, yes, he he can be that. For sure, yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he's there now. I don't even know if he'd say that. You know, he's yeah. he's a guy yeah. striving for excellence. But once once he gets there, I'll, I'll acknowledge it. I'm glad he's on the way. Who who would you say is on your Mount Rushmore? <sighs> One Mount Rushmore, man. Obviously, MJ, Michael Jordan. But I'll take the other MJ too. Magic. Magic. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm looking at the criteria like this. These are champion spirit, but also individuals that dominate the game and the game changed after them. Okay. Was never... All right, I like that. Yeah. Defining the criteria. Yeah, because we're good. looking at Rushman, we're looking at like founding fathers, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, I'd say uh, Shaq. Okay. John Wall had those three too. Yeah, I'd say Shaq. Um, I know he got injured a lot, yeah. but Shaq dominated, and it was never that position was never played the way he played it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, you know what? I might, I might go, I might go with LeBron here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a good. We were talking to Wall, and I don't know if he just his history. He didn't pay attention to history class because yeah. he only gave me three on this Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were theorizing that. His fourth might be LeBron. Yeah, yeah. But he can't say that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. his job is to 
keep LeBron off the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. But try to win. Yeah, I thought, I, Rushmore sometimes, I, I thought, is it five, is it four? But I do remember four, so I'm yeah, glad four. I'm accurate. <laughs> I figured, man, Stanford, you, you had to get that one right. Well, you can, I mean, you don't, <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of fools in different different circumstances. I don't think yeah. a diploma really uh, certifies how smart you are. Or you could just be smart one thing your whole life. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Book smart. Yeah. Not, yep. no, I get that. Um, who's your favorite team right now that you root for? You know, once, you're, once you live in a city like Boston, no matter, so even you though, I, even though once, you moved from once Nigeria, I moved from Nigeria, moved I moved Boston, to Boston. Right? And that's the thing. We used to get whooped when we wear, like, maybe I have some, like, orange and blue uh, Air Force Ones, uh-huh. and I'd want to rock a Knicks hat. And no, nah, we get jumped for that, you know? Wow. Boston don't play that. <laughs> so even though I've lived in the Bay, I love the Warriors. I love, uh, uh, I also lived in Brooklyn. I, I got to go with Celtics, man. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, before your era, you know, it was Showtime versus the Birds. Yeah, I know. And it was very racially yeah, yeah, I know. divided. I know, I know. I don't know what blacks in Boston were doing. Like, were they pulling for the Lakers? Because, you know, virtually all the blacks everywhere else was pretty much pulling for the Lakers. For the Lakers, I know. We have, a, we have a rep, and it's not just the Celtics. It's just like all yeah, our sports teams, you yeah. know. And usually we have this one black player who's like the anomaly, you know what I'm saying? Like the Russell of, of the crew, and there <laughs> yeah. he is. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know what people were doing back then. Yeah. Um, but but you obviously now it's the, with the big yeah, three. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We got Isaiah Thomas now. He's that boy's bad. That boy's who? Who would be your starting five for the All Star game? Starting five. Both both conferences. Mm. I don't. I'm not mad at the. I'm not mad at the lineups now, except for one huge mistake, which is Russell Westbrook is not starting. So over, he should start over Curry? I, I mean, you got a guy, triple-double yeah, yeah, yeah. maestro, right? A guy who's carrying the entire team. Yep. A guy who drives the way like a halfback runs <laughs> through. Yeah, I mean, he, I've never seen God, anybody drive like yeah. that. And I, again, I was an Iverson yep. fan as a boy, but I see that and I'm like, that guy should be there. There's no, yep. there's no question. I look at, and I think there's some people that got left off that I'd bring, like Bradley Beal. Um, I think, uh, but I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at a lot of it, but it's just, when Russell wasn't starting, it just hurts. I mean, I love Steph Curry as well, but that dude's had an amazing year, man. I mean, yeah, that's, you remember, like, I'm a Jordan fan, so the closer you get to a well-rounded game, the more I am a fan of you. Do you think, at this point, would Russell be your MVP? Yeah. I got hard right yeah. now. I know. It's See, it's, it's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. two, right? Yeah. It's one of the two. But I I like Russell, man. I do. I think um, there's something in him. I'm looking for that champ, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just see it in him. I see it in his heart, his dedication. Yeah. I re- he's yeah. like, he's like, the way he plays the game is like his life is on the line. <laughs> And and I you know I like Harden, but I just I see something more in in Westbrook. I go MVP with Westbrook. You know what's interesting about Russ? Because people look at him on the court and he looks angry and like you said, like his life is on. He got the a line. strong face. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he got does, a strong right? face. And if you talk to people in the organization, Oklahoma City, like Russell and KD were always you know friends. Yeah. yeah. But. It wasn't like they were best buddies because Russell's just to himself. Yeah. He's married, 
And I saw him uh, over All-Star at the, the Jordan party. Mm. And I was in that section with a lot of players were there. And Russell was just kind of to himself. Just, and his parents were down, there. Just like. Yeah, he was standing up and maybe moving a little, but just kind of chilling to himself. And his parents were nearby. Yeah. Um, he's a real family family yeah. type guy. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people might mistake it for you being aloof. And, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's not that. It's just kind of, that's who he is, you know? Do you think, I mean, do you think that that, that, I guess his family life, but also how he was raised and how he is in, off the court, do you think that affects him on the court? In that he is, for example, right he's now. He's a one-man he machine. He's a one-man yeah. machine, but imagine he wasn't. Imagine he, Durant was still there. Imagine there was two, three other players on that squad, right? Yeah. Do you think that he would pack, give it up? Yeah, give it up? yeah. I mean, he he's so unique. He's yeah. you mentioned Iverson. To me, he's a lot like Iverson. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a bigger, stronger version yeah. of Iverson. Yeah. And AI, like first ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. iconic. But he was, it was tough for AI to mesh with other great players. Mm-hmm. Like over an 82 game season, mm-hmm. he could do the All-Star yeah. Olympics or whatever. But for 82 games, because he's he, getting he, Exactly. Yeah, he no, gonna he's play getting, how I, he that, plays. The reason I liked him is because I remember looking at his stats, I was like, all right. His specs, it was like, okay, he's 6'1", 165. I remember he was really tiny, yep, as yep, I am. So yep. I was like, oh, that's my weight. Cool. Yep. That's me. <laughs> I remember getting bumped, and I'm like, if, if, if he's almost my build, and he's in the NBA and get bumped by these yep. giants? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. He found a finesse mm-hmm. after he get hit. But Russell, he'll bump somebody on the way there, man. Russell is it's incredible. I mean, I actually think, I would like to ask you this. His, let's say Durant stayed yeah. and they won one ring. Mm-hmm. Is that better for his legacy? For Russell's? Or? Yeah, for Russell's. Yeah. Or if he averages a triple-double this year. Doesn't win a ring for the rest of his career, but he becomes the second person to average a triple-double. I think, mm-hmm. I, I, look, it's all about winning, yeah. but keeping it real, yeah. I think if he averaged a triple-double, that'd be better for his legacy. Because yeah, what as do we a, remember about Oscar Robertson? As, yeah, as an individual, definitely. Um, I still want the champ, you though, want the man. I like the rings, man. <laughs> I still nah, I love teams, you. man, for yeah. real. I, it's... I look at any any uh, successful person in any industry, man. You always see the face, mm-hmm. but you never see all the people around and behind. And I love, I love, and that's partially why I've, I've favorite, my favorite team has usually been from Boston, mm-hmm. is because we have a legacy of teams, that's a very team oriented. There's, there's, there's all stars, but really, man, it's usually like uh, four no, or five team, guys yeah. on, on the squad, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point, as an individual, yeah, we'll remember Westbrook. That's, if he continues on this triple double average, yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, if if they don't, he could do it again next year. Yeah. If he does it this year, what's the same? And if nobody is year? traded over, that yeah, yeah. that would take one of the one of those categories. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's uh, it's very very interesting. Um, how did you feel about KD uh, leaving going to Golden State? Yeah, yeah that was that was. Uh, Controversial moment, man. Um, a lot of people You know, I understand uh, wanting to leave anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But 
I think you need to give it more tries. You know, I think you need to. No, he uh, was there. Nine yeah, years. but you got you got you got your new try a new lineup. Um, I think with Westbrook and Durant, there could have been something amazing, and if they continue to gel, that's what I wanted to see. Uh, and I think going to the the team, the winning team, is just uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. I was yeah. uh, I was talking with uh, my friend uh, Rosalind. Uh, oh yeah, that works for the yeah. yeah Roz, she, she uh, we were talking about this right before it happened. Okay, you know, and um, she was just talking about Durant man and and saying that she she anticipated that, you know, it was it was something that was very perplexing and and diff a difficult decision for him. Right, mm -hmm. uh, I I know myself I I wouldn't do that, but um, there could be other reasons than. Everybody, yeah, see, you yeah. know, we say. always are like, oh yeah, he just went to the winning team. Oh yeah, who knows what yeah. was happening behind? Uh, you probably know better well, than I me. Do, like, <laughs> yeah, like, well, I do believe. Yeah, well, I do. No, well, obviously, winning is a part of yeah. it. But he really liked the way they played, mm -hmm. the ball movement, the player movement, the selflessness. Mm -hmm. You know, and he knew Draymond, Steph, mm -hmm. Iguodala personally, and just he thought it would be fun playing with them, mm. and you can win. You know, and he wasn't really, you know, so that's like an yeah, yeah. added so bonus, win -win. obviously. Um, I feel you, though. It's, it's. I mean, I've defended him. I think it's somewhat similar to what LeBron, there's differences, because mm -hmm. LeBron didn't go to the team that beat him. Right. But in, I think the principle is similar in that they both were like, I didn't get it done here. Yeah. I'm going to go to yeah. a stacked team, mm -hmm. you know, because LeBron took Bosch with him yeah. to Miami. But, and I'm saying... I think the people that were hating on Durant, mm -hmm. let's say in three years, if he's got two rings, mm -hmm. maybe been the finals MVP once mm -hmm. or twice, mm -hmm. they're going to be praising him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because LeBron was the same way. They killed LeBron, and then when he started winning, yeah. it was all love. But LeBron also has, like, the, the hero story. I'm going to go back to Cleveland. Yes. And, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That he fixed it. Yeah, he did. He fixed so if it Durant, maybe if Durant goes go back. back. <laughs> and I don't see that I don't, happening. No, no, yeah, definitely I, not. I don't see that happening, but um, like a lot of people saying Durant going to the to Golden State has hurt the league because everybody thinks it's going to be Golden State in the West, mm -hmm. Cleveland in the East. Like mm -hmm. there's no... I don't think that hurts the league. Okay. I, Come on, I, man. I mean, let's look at the history of this league, man. We we just talked about the old days. We're yeah. talking about Golden Age. We're talking about Celtics. We're talking about the Lakers. Did that the hurt 80s. the league? Yeah, did that hurt the league? You had, I mean, why, obviously why? it was Showtime versus the Celtics. So, yeah, so why that was great basketball. But me. you had a few other teams. Philadelphia was good. Yeah. Could be, you know, every once in a while I got to the finals. Houston mm -hmm. got there. Each uh, action creates an equal opposite reaction. Like, look at uh, the Bulls, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about late 80s and then on the cusp into the 90s. You got the bad boys. Yep. Detroit, Detroit's team forced, to me, the Bulls and Jordan to up their game. You feel me? And yep. people forget no that. No question. They, no question. They, the Bulls weren't always <laughs> champions, man. Well, and that's so not That's, that's how I feel. Yeah. So, like, if you have a Golden State team like this with Durant now, who knows Nobody who's going to come out, out man? You, you, know, you, know, you never know. I love the Spurs. I love, like, there's a lot of people that could just yeah. all of a sudden and you got the equivalent of what you had in, with the Bulls in the late 80s. Nah, that's right. I hope so, because yeah, I, I yeah. think we need, and you might have other super teams 
come together. Yeah, yeah. Because we need somebody, I think, to compete with those two. Let's get to, to rapping. Um, your influence, I've, I've been told that two of your early influences were KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you were... I don't even nah, know what I wasn't year you even, were born. I was, yeah. I'm, obviously, I study. I study. Yeah. And I don't. I didn't grow up with like in the Rakim, KRS, Africa Bombada era. Yeah. I had to go back. Uh, so thank God for the internet. You know what I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, did you do that on your own, or your yeah. boys were all into like? I did that on my own. My brother's uh, much older than me, so he just okay. he put me on to a lot of the 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 old school. You know, the old old school, and. What I learned about KRS-One that I love was just that he's the teacher, yeah. and he um, he stood for something more than just rap. You know, he was a certain OG in the community. Bambada, Cool Herc, like the founders, mm -hmm. and I, the people I look at as the godfathers of hip hop, they all were trying to create a safe haven in the hood yeah. and a, and create culture. So. That's why I went back to, to understand, you know, what are the roots of this this uh, this this music and this culture. Um, Big Daddy Kane, I just liked his. He got that swank. He got that, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just his flow. Yeah, know, his dope, flow. Yeah. And uh, I always looked, I looked to see who are the influences of uh, the rappers that I grew up on. That mm -hmm. was for me, you know, there was Jay and Nas when I was a kid, and then you know I saw Eminem, Kanye mm -hmm. um, come up, but. When you have a Jay or an, a, a Nas, you look like, okay, who did they study? Nas said Rakim, Jay said Big Daddy Kane. Okay. So then I would, I would go and study them. Okay, okay. How, how do you feel like from that era, the 80s, how do you feel like hip hop is different now than back then? I mean, I think the most stark difference, the most stark difference is that uh, it's melodic now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and I know to the displeasure of a lot of <laughs> old school heads, they just want that. You know, I know there's a lot of guys that tell me, man, I love, man, I love when you do that long live the cheap, man. You just rap, that's that hardcore. Yeah. But uh, but they don't. They're like, I don't really want to hear you do all that melodic stuff, man. <laughs> but to me, that's that's one thing. Um, second, I think the uh, I've noticed this recently. So I. When I when I do features and collaborate with people, because um, I produce and I record, I'm an engineer as well. I get to hear their raw vocals. So you do your own? How, how much yeah. of your own beats do you? Oh no, do? I touch every single. Okay. Uh, okay. And but I work with Nana Kwabena, who's an amazing producer. That's he and I exec produce the project, okay. and then of course Wonderland and Fair and Fancy. We all come together on it. Uh, but when I when I go and listen to the track. The the vocals sometimes of these artists are weak. They're not. They don't have the strength that I imagine um, people that was rapping in the '80s okay. and '90s have. Yeah. A lot of people don't know my my version. The version of "Long Live the Chief" that people hear is a live recording. Wow. So it doesn't have like a lot of the super processed yeah. vocals that you hear in other songs that I have and other people have. It's not overly processed. That's just my voice. So when I hear artists now, you, it's like you strip down, strip away all this processing, and you kind of get to see who the person <laughs> really, really are. Really and some, they might have a little, <laughs> little voice. <laughs> uh, so in general, like that's uh, it's 
it's telling, man. It's telling of my generation, and I, the people that I respect are the ones that that have that voice mm. anywhere, mm. with or without all those effects, man. Like, I, of course, my guy I featured with him, Kendrick Lamar. Yep. He's an yep. example. Yep. His voice just out the gate. It's yep. just like, all right, yep. that dude's an MC. You KRS One, the teachers you mentioned, obviously. He used hip hop to present a certain message, you mm -hmm. know, black history, black empowerment, all mm -hmm. that. What message do you, you know, I, you you obviously deal with a lot of issues, mm -hmm. but what message do you really want to, or messages do you want to portray in your music? Um, I mean, first, I stand for the betterment of humanity. I stand for excellence and maximizing just human potential. I I want that for all people on the planet. I tend to tailor my message to the, the neighborhoods I live in. I've lived in, you know, uh, hoods across this country, black people from this country, Caribbean Americans, Africans, so I tend to talk to the whole African diaspora. Uh, my message to the diaspora is, is simple, that we have to create an ecosystem. Uh, that's the only way that I think our people will prosper. Uh, a full one, that's economics, that's NBA Africa, that's mm -hmm. seeing ball there, that's seeing soccer in the in the states more, maybe in different hoods. Yeah. Just creating a, a language and more dialogue between us so we're not as alienated from each other. Because if you look at any other group here uh, that's, that's made it in America, yeah. any other uh, segment of this population, they have some other country or other continent that they're reaching back to. We can't. We can no longer act like Africa doesn't exist or yeah. be afraid of the dark continent. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. And I think what's what's cool is I'm seeing this in entertainment first. We're we're changing that landscape and changing that dialogue. You look at uh, NBA now, yeah. right? Think yeah. about back in the day. It was like Matumbo and Olajuwon were yeah. like the only ones. Now there's so many that I, I, we can't even count. Mm -hmm. And then um, in in music, you have. Um, a lot of the, the pop stars from the U.S. working with the pop stars of Nigeria, specifically, mm -hmm. and other African uh, countries. So my focus is really on, on building that bridge. Would you like to see entertainers, African or African-American entertainers, <laughs> and maybe athletes come together more and, and try to do something with, with the influence they have, the wealth, the connections to big corporations and, you know, things like they have. Do you think that's possible? I mean, you obviously, your, your bachelor's degree was comparative studies, studies and races. Yeah, so yeah. You, you come from it from your heart, mm -hmm. the way you grew up, mm -hmm. but also from an educated standpoint, too. Mm -hmm. So do you, like, think, would you like to see maybe the entertainers and or athletes kind of try to work together and, look at some of these issues, maybe even mesh with black economists, mm -hmm. lawyers, you yeah. know, accountants. Oh, we're doing it. Things yeah. like, okay, so yeah, yeah, expound yeah. on that, because I love that. I think, yeah. I would love to see something like that happen. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that, uh, well, one, I really think that's happened. I'm seeing different rooms. I'm on different planes, and it's happening okay. where we're all sitting. Like, we just happen to all be in the same uh, plane. So these conversations are happening. I'd like to see more of it, for yeah. sure. I don't think everybody should, like I'm not one of those pointing fingers on people like, and telling every athlete to march or everybody to kneel. They're, you know, I, I don't, during the the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not, that's not me. But what I will say is the more dialogue, the more conversation, 
the more power we'll have. And like you're saying, not just within entertainment, let's get everybody from multiple industries. Yeah. Because that diversity in that room, it, it creates the best ideas, Be always, Be always. Powerful. What do you feel, obviously a lot of athletes are being, getting more involved in activism, mm -hmm. you know, speaking out a little more. What are your thoughts on that? I love it. I love it. I mean, I wasn't alive in the 60s, 70s. I was a little baby in the 80s. So I don't I don't know other than what I've I've seen on documentaries and read about. So usually from what I saw there were standout activists mm -hmm. in uh in in entertainment, definitely athletes that were standout. Of course, Ali being one of the the quintessential mm -hmm. versions of 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 this uh, activist slash athlete. Now I'm seeing it left and right. Yeah. I'm seeing LeBron. I'm seeing everybody, man. And and they're articulate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Chris Paul. Just hearing him speak about these issues, it's lovely, man. It's that's powerful. So I I just I can't believe it, man. I I don't think I I I think I underestimated um, what my generation would do. You know, I thought yeah. that it'd still be the same kind of patterns we see, just few and far between. Yeah. But um, I'm loving what I'm seeing, man. Is it fair to say you feel like the music seems to be getting a little more conscious, too? I think some music is, yeah. Uh, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, not all. But. We'll see what happens. We, you know, I, I'm not sure what this year will bring. You know, a new president brings new, uh, new art mm -hmm. all the time, so... We'll see how people respond. I, I'm I'm not sure. I think that uh, I'm seeing you know Beyonce of course yep, yep. making moves that I've never seen her make her whole career. She's more raw. She's more honest now. Mm -hmm. She's more overtly p political. So I do see a trend, but we'll see. I want to see how how long it lasts and see if it's just a fad or this is this is a, a serious change that's going to yeah. last longer. Um, one thing that distinguishes you is your style, style of dress. Yeah. Um, Tell me about how you kind of came about that. Did you, were you always like that, like really fresh dipped and into? Yeah, but gear it wasn't. Or? It wasn't. I wasn't fresh for like the three piece suits until um, like 2010 on. Okay. Uh, before then, I was, you know, I had my snapbacks, okay. my white tee, my I had three, four chains on, <laughs> uh, my little whatever my my favorite J's were in the moment. Um, and still, sometimes I wear that yeah. and, and dress like that, but. 2010, my father passed away. Uh, he used to wear these three-piece suits, especially back in the 70s. I look at all these pictures of him. Okay. Um, and he walked with a cane, too. But he actually needed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I took that, and I wanted to make a younger version of that. You know, as kind of a way of grieving, I made a younger okay. version of that. But it was also affordable. At the time, I was living in Brooklyn. I was working four jobs, and... Uh, I would go to a thrift shop and get these old suits because anybody who goes to a thrift shop, you know, it just be. Oh yeah. It's right that's the, the yeah, but it mostly is just blazers and slacks. That's the mm -hmm. the thing you're gonna find the most in the men's section. So I grab grab that, take it to the tailor, and for you know a, a small amount of change, I would have a very tailored nice suit. So people would be like, man, that looks expensive, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, it never they was. Only do. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how it developed. And I kept, as you know, I'm very studious dude. So as I was looking back at uh, the history of African-Americans in this country, um, I was really looking at the Jim Crow era a lot. And I wanted to mimic some of the suits that uh, black men were wearing in that era. 
um, because I still believe that we're in the new Jim Crow. If you look yeah. at mass incarceration, yeah. how many of us are, are locked up on parole or probation? So it was multifold. It, one, it was functional. Mm -hmm. um, two, it was a, a way that I could represent <clears throat> honor my pops. And then three, it, it uh, served as a, as a statement to me about the current times. Did you think it would be as hot as it is? I mean, it, it's, it's your style and, and you've kind of owned it. And yeah, it. I, I didn't go into it thinking like I'm, I was going to be this fashion yeah. icon because... I really don't know much about fashion. I got a lot to learn. You know that. I, Everybody barely... probably thinks you know everything about fashion. Man, I don't know anything, man. I don't read fashion magazines. I need to. Uh, I need to go to some fashion shows, and I'm open to, to meeting all the uh, families that that uh, that dominate the industry. But I uh, I don't know, man. I don't know it. So, nah, I didn't think. And I didn't think that it would become the new word for gentlemen. Mm -hmm. I, just, I, I was just stating, hey, this is what I like to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of peculiar. Yeah, this yeah. is strange, but I do this, and I knew I was part of a, a, a small movement that was developing around the, the country and around the world. This, this kind of black da dandy movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an exhibit called Dandelion about it. So all the way from Brazzaville, Congo to Brooklyn, and my homies are actually in that exhibit. Um, I knew that this was something that was was redefining masculinity. Okay. And and I loved it because I always thought my uncles and my grandfather was way cooler yeah, than yeah. my generation was. So <laughs> I've always been a fan of that, the, the old school, but I needed it to fit like like uh, the way a jumpsuit, like a tracksuit would fit. Yeah, yeah, you know, tapered, yeah. like modern day. Yeah, uh, slim fit. Yeah, slim yeah, fit, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Well, this, this is fresh right here. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, some people call it a captain. Um, another slang for it is just an up and down, like a shirt, okay. up and down. We, uh, in a lot of West Africa, we rock this, but it looks similar to, you'll see like uh, dudes wear these zipper tees or yeah, like these yeah. slits in the tee. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love it because it, it operates kind of in, in between those worlds. Yeah, And yeah. that's, again, that's my goal, always in the middle and building that bridge. Now you, your, your new album is out. Yeah. I've only heard Long Live the Chief, yeah, which yeah. is, like you said, that's just... It, it, it me being a guy that grew up on '80s, '90s hip hop, yeah. like it does take me back to that. It's yeah, yeah. dope. But what you know, how you obviously you love the album, but kind of talk about about the new album. Yeah, the album's called The Chief. It uh, it's it's the story of my 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 journey through manhood, right? the okay. trials and tribulations, the turning points, uh, what just the different moments that shaped me. You know, I have a lot of, I've lived in, on two continents. Yeah. I've lived in four corners of, of the continent. I was born in the middle in Wisconsin. So I've seen some different things. Yeah. And my, my mom does not look anything like my father does. So Is I'm, your mom European? Yeah, she, she's, okay. she's European-American. Okay. So she's, a, you know, a quaint, modest woman from Wisconsin. <laughs> and my, my father was a fiery, passionate, full-of-life Nigerian. Okay. Um, so... When you grow up in the middle, it's you're 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 gonna make an album like the album that I made. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, it's a gumbo pot. It takes from a little bit from the French, some of it's from from Haiti, and some of it has the African aesthetic. Some has that that European. Um, so I kind of blended that together, and uh, that's the sound of the chief. It's a soundtrack of a black James Bond. A man who's who's traveled in different in different settings. How has being biracial shaped you? You know, yeah. or 
you do you go just by black or how do you? you know? I mean, I don't. I don't even usually. I just let other people say whatever <laughs> they think. I <laughs> obviously when people see you, yeah. they see a black man. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it depends on where I go. I've I've gotten a lot. I've gotten Latino. I've gotten black. I've gotten Arab. I've gotten Arab. In, wow. I've gotten Pakistani. I've gotten like a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah. It depends on my hairstyle. I used to have dreadlocks. Okay. I've had uh, afro. I've had bald hair. So depending on how I do, it, I've had braids. Yeah. Right now, um, you know, you know, people still do see. They say, you know, light skinned black man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it shaped me is, uh, it's. They actually wrote a song about it on the album, uh, the Chief. I won't say it here. It's called White N Word. Okay. Uh, yeah, which, yeah, I saw that on the playlist. <laughs> <Same. laughs> and the song imagines uh, the world, the current state of affairs, if. White people were treated the way black people are, right? If you just flipped it on its head. Yeah. There was a movie I watched named White Man's Burden. I saw that. Travolta yeah. and Belafonte. Um, so imagine that, right? Imagine if prescription pills, which are the most abused drug mm -hmm. in the U.S. currently today, which is why we have the heroin epidemics, because of synthetic opiates that we have and all these pills, mm -hmm. the, the Vicodins, the, the Oxycontins. Imagine if that was uh, the target of the war on drugs instead of crack, That's instead right. of marijuana, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine instead of the black boy, it was the white girl with blonde hair, blue, and eye, blue eyes, if she was the number one target. So that, uh, yeah, but that, that, I don't think I would have made, and this is not to say that you can't make the song as a white, as somebody who identifies as white or black, but because I'm in the middle uh, and have seen different worlds and have to constantly explain the world, mostly to my white counterparts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I start that song saying, if you and your wife, Madeline, were treated just like mine, all the anchors on ABC Nightline would speak about white crime. Mm -hmm. And it goes on. So that's, I think that's a, a great example of what it is to have the perspective yeah. that I have. Yeah, nah, that's, that's great, man. And you know, um, on a light note, they say light bro light skin brothers are taking over. You know, be back in style, you know, because everybody told me Michael Jordan like did, ruined it for Demolished us, you know. But uh, later, I'm looking at dunk contest. Yeah, the dunk contest last yeah, year. Exactly. I was like, Ooh. And I was <laughs> Steph like, Curry. Con yeah, you know? Clay. I know it's uh, you know, I, that whole debate's funny, man. It, it is funny. It know? always comes. It just it comes around like every two years. Yeah. I don't know who's <laughs> swinging the pendulum either, but. Uh, hey man, I hope we all win, man. I ain't yeah, tripping by I'm no light skin tone. Yeah, I'm with you, man. man love, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, great, man. Great. Thanks for Good luck me, with Chris. everything, man. Thank you. And uh, like I said, I'm a fan. I'm even a bigger fan now. Man, thank and, you. And uh, great best to you, man. Thank Going you. Forward. Much success to yeah. you too, bro. Thank you. Always. Thank you. Thank you.